Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host. So sad today. Today, I'm having, um, it's so good. I'm just so wrapped up in the food, you know, which is how life should be, you know? I feel like this is really living in the moment, you know, chewing, driving, talking. It's like a, it's like a Zen multitask, you know, it's like sort of a, I don't know, I guess it's a koan. How can you be in the moment if you're doing like eight, I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how you can be in the moment if you're doing eight things at once, if you're eating something from Cheesecake Factory. Okay, because it just pulls you in. The zen of the fucking cheesecake. All right? I'm not eating a cheesecake. I'm having having my favorite item. My favorite. Shout out Cheesecake Factory. Um, so, I'm having the Mexican tortilla salad off the Skinny Licious menu. Um, it's just, it's been a while. It's been a while. And it's good to be home again. It really is. You know, I feel, um, I feel cradled. I feel supported. Um, there's multiple sauces. There's sort of like a fake guacamole, like a fake sour cream. There's like a weird citrusy dressing. Um, you know, I love that the skinny, the skinny licious menu is still with us. Makes me feel held, seen, uh, supported and just acknowledged, you know, acknowledged as a human being. I can sort of have this messy, crazy Mexican tortilla salad and say, hey, to myself, hey, it comes from the skinny delicious menu. You know, it's like a, it's a safe space to really just get wild, free. Um, I mean, you know, if I was really free, I wouldn't be ordering off the skinny delicious menu, but it's a faux free and I'll take it. You know, freedom is scary anyway. I mean, you know, you can just ask the existentialists about that. We, we don't even know what to do with freedom. So, um, you know, I've got my sort of, qu- qu- like, quadrant, sequestered, self-created hell of a freedom. And, um, you know, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. So, all right. So, really, a double shout-out to the Cheesecake Factory. And here's why. Not only have I always loved uh, the factory... But, you know, the factory um, has given me my favorite moment, I think, really maybe the only good thing that's happened um, of 2020, you know, peak, I guess it's it's September, let's just pretend the year is, is over, year-end list, uh, here's the one thing that I'm putting on my year-end list, it is, uh, remember when the... Um, Minneapolis, the the George Floyd protests were first happening. I don't remember when that was. I think May, May or June. And um, so there was this. So in Seattle, um, I've probably I might have even already talked about this because it just brought me so much beauty. But let's bring it back again because, you know, for for some of my friends and I who also loved this moment, I'll just send them the the screenshot of the TV periodically just you know like I'll be talking about this for a long time this is really something this is a this is a Rosetta Stone of um okayness and and joy for me um so during the um protests in Seattle um there was a there on KIRO 
there was, which is, I guess, the Seattle station, there was like a, there was a news stream and they were like, protests turn destructive, like looting in downtown Seattle. And they're like, the Cheesecake Factory has been looted. And there's, if you Google it, Cheesecake Factory, I guess you have to write looting. And I'm like, come on. But like Cheesecake Factory looting Seattle, you'll find there's a gorgeous... This woman, man, is just my hero. There is a woman walking out of the factory, the hashtag factory, on TV. And, and of course, you know, the, the, the text is, protests turn destructive. Carrying a whole cheesecake with one hand, gently just making her way out of Cheesecake Factory with her cheesecake um, in one hand. And, I mean, to me, you know, I have a screenshot of this. Um, I just found it online. To me, this is great art because great art, every time you look at it, you get something new. You know, at first it was just, to me, the woman and the cheesecake um, that brought great joy. Now it's the juxtaposition with the text um, because she's just so peacefully walking with her, walking with her cheesecake and they're like destruction. But so it was a great moment too for Twitter because I remember everyone, um, there was like a lot of people were sort of making it like a rev, like, like a faux revolutionary. Like they were like the cheesecake factory has fallen. Um, so, you know, the cheesecake factory has really given me the only thing, um, in this in an avalanche of, um, like not goodness, you know, in every, in every dark cloud, there is a, um, there's a silver cheesecake, uh, there's a silver cheesecake protest and, um, you know, and this, this is it, we, we can find it. And this was just a reminder that, um, you know, as Tennessee Williams says, sometimes there's God so quickly. I think it was Tennessee Williams who said that. Sometimes there's God so quickly. And, um, you know, sometimes there's a woman walking out of Cheesecake Factory um, in a year of chaos, uh, gently cradling a whole cheesecake in one hand. Um, so, you know, just kind of holding it up. It almost looks like she's she's waitressing it out the door. You know, she's waitressing the whole cheesecake out the door. I, I think this woman must at some point have some, um, food service history in her, you know, in her, in her lifeline. But hold on, let me just open, I was eating it with my hands. Let me just open the fork packet. Okay. Um, oh, drop my knife. Okay. Um, cause I'm sort of, I'm about to be parked so I can really just dive into the salad. I was sort of just taking chunks with my hand behind the wheel. I don't know. That's just the kind of, you know, that's just, that's just how it is at this point. Who really cares? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's a, I do feel, I feel overwhelmed by life, but like more, I think actually about like things that have always overwhelmed. Like I feel, um, how do I feel? I feel like I need to set some boundaries. Um, I feel like right now in my life, there's just like a lot of people who need a lot of sort of emotional support from me and um I had this so two years ago I think it was two years ago I started the year of saying no where like I don't say yes to like doing anything um unless it's out of like genuine love or like and this was more on like a professional level you know like whatever but 
you know, like events and stuff like that. But like, I don't do it unless there's like a good financial incentive or there is a good, excuse me while I take my last breaths, um, death by cheesecake factory, Mexican tortilla salad. Um, you know, it was like, I don't say yes to anything unless it's either like a good financial incentive, a good creative incentive, or I genuinely just like want to do it. You know, like I, where I love, I love the person. And the thing is, is it went well. I sort of forgot about it recently. I had extended it for another year last year, the year of the year of saying no. So it's been two years now of saying no. Um, and I'm just pulling into this Walgreens parking lot here. I almost, I almost kind of, this guy thinks I almost ran him over, but I didn't. Um, not, not even close, buddy. Um, but so yeah, so it was just like, you know, it was the year of saying no. Um, um, became two years of saying no, and it went well. It went well. But I almost feel like I need to now expand this to, like, the year of conserving my chi, you know? The year of the year of not needing to, like, give more than I'm capable of giving. Because the thing is, is, like... When we sort of give out of, like, fear of not being enough or, like, I find that, um, you know, the emotional, it's, like, it's not really about kindness. It's about, like, what's it about? It's about, like, it's really, I think, like, a self-importance. It's really its own kind of selfishness, right? Like, making someone else's suffering slash text message slash really anything, um, you know, making it like about me and being like, if I like, I, you know, it, it's sort of like playing God a little bit. Cause it's like, well, if I, you know, that sort of that terror, it's like, well, if I don't answer, like, you know, they're all not going to be okay. Or, um, like, but it's also like, if they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me, but it definitely is like a, there's an ego thing. Like, it's not really philanthropic so much as, like, I mean, like, there's a difference between when you, like, give emotionally out of, like, I guess just when you're, when your well is, like, full, you know? Like, when the cup is full and you're, like, you're, like, being helpful. And there's always, I think, like, a little bit of a um, sort of, like, it, you know, like, being of service does make us feel better about ourselves. But I think, like, we can do it, or I can sort of feel like, like every, basically just every time I've been getting a text message message recently, I've just been like, oh, like why, why, you know, like, oh God. Um, and so I don't know. So what do you do about that? Right? Like, cause I guess like I am of service to, to a number of people in my life that way emotionally. And, um, you know, in some ways it's, it's really great. And I'm going to continue. I'm definitely going to continue to be of service, but it's like, I think what I need to start doing is when I respond to someone either who's like in need or just like someone who I know, you know, like I just have, there's some people, especially on the periphery, like people I'm not really close to who will like text. And then you know that once you text back, like there's going to be a deluge, you know, there's going to be a deluge. And it's like, I don't really know. Actually, there's, like, a number of people like that. Sometimes it's not even about emotional, like, needing emotional help. It's just, like, 
you know, like, it's like, and what about when there's people who you're just like, I don't, I don't think I like need you in my life. Like, like I got to cut some chaff. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that keeping people around out of like fear of what is it? Fear that like, I'm, I guess it's fear of being like that, that of, of again, the badness, right? Like I'm a bad person. I'm going to hurt them. But it's much more hurtful to like kind of like text back sort of every once in a while and be like, oh, you know, like, eh, then, but how do you say it? How do you say like, I don't have the room in my life for you? You know, I don't know. But I think there's something, I think the first start, I think the start, um, I'm like sucking on a piece of chicken as I mull this over I think that the uh the start the first thing to do is that every time like I send a text because it's not just the emotional stuff it's just like that it's just like so like I can't even like chill and listen to an audiobook or whatever without like you know texts come in and then you like being like oh I gotta respond and then I feel like go back in the audio like it's kind of, and I, so I think that like what I need to do is like every time I respond to a text, it, it should be like, maybe I can just start looking like, well, what, what am I responding to this out of? Um, you know, do I, do I need to respond right now? Um, is no response a response? Um, maybe delaying. Sometimes like I find that I have sort of the, my instinct is like, okay, just write back text everybody back now because like as a Virgo like I don't like having a lot like I was looking at um I was at my sister's in Vegas a couple days ago and I was looking at her husband's phone and like on his email there it was like 50,000 emails and like as a Virgo literally when I look at my phone the number of unread emails because I don't like seeing that number come up is literally my little blue envelope icon six my texts right now two because I can't I don't like seeing the numbers but what if I just like let the numbers be and maybe only do it like certain times of the day you know like just let them accrue it's just like too much fucking contact you know like I gotta conserve the chi I gotta conserve the chi and like I think it dawned on me this morning during meditation that like it's okay to conserve the chi. Like we're not meant to, or maybe I don't know what we're meant to do, but like, we don't have to always be reasonable. I'm not like, if you write everyone back right away, then like, they're just going to write back again. Um, you know, but it's just, it's like a lot, like it's a lot. And I'm not saying like, Oh, woe is me. Like I've got, so, I'm so popular. I've got so many people in my life. Like it's not even like that. Like a lot of times it's just someone like sending a fucking TikTok. which by the way, when I get sent a TikTok, I'm like, you're asking me literally, like it almost feels like when you're being asked to move because I'm like, wait, when I click on this, now I got to go to like a whole other area of the internet. Like I got to go, like, it's going to take me over to TikTok. It's really like Maybe not like a big move, but it feels like when you're sort of like staying in a hotel um, or like a motel and you decide to stay an extra night and you just have to move all your stuff to another room. 
Like, that's sort of the vibe. It's like, all right, let me just move my, you know, it's like, oh. But so every time the TikTok comes in, I'm like, oh, I got to move to another room. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to say that, like, you know, it's all part and parcel, really, of this sort of, it is about, I think, ultimately, like, one might think that it's actually selfish to, like, not respond or to be, like, so caught up in your own stuff that you don't respond. But I actually think in a way it's maybe, like, more selfish or a different definition of selfish. You know, the one – you know the definition of selfish that I've been working on where it's, like, you make stuff that's not about you about you. You know, taking shit personally, putting yourself – like perceiving yourself as the center of stuff. So like in a way it's more selfish I think to be like, well if I don't respond to this person like you know they're going to hate me. They're not going to be okay or you know I'm that important or uh I don't know. That's like making it about you. Like maybe like taking time for myself and just like letting all the texts fall where they may and then like checking texts like every four or six hours or whatever instead of like as they come in I mean because there is also a payoff in the as they come in you know what I'm saying like the as they come in is fucking dopamine it's like who could this be from and say with emails right it's like it's designed that way like the addiction runs like I'm addicted to checking you know these little blips of sort of just that light like I'm addicted to checking as much as I sort of like feel very overwhelmed by it. Um, so I don't really know. Yeah, I guess I do think though, the first step is kind of to just like every time I send a text message, be like, okay, like, why am I sending this? You know, is it politeness, fear, genuine love? Am I excited to send? How do I feel? Just like check it, check it checking in with me, you know, just checking in with me. I don't do a lot of checking in with me. I mean, I, I guess I, all I do is checking in with me, but like, not like really, I don't know. Do I, sometimes it's hard to know if you're like so self-centered or like not, centered. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm self-centered. Um, but it's like not a fruitful self-centered, you know, if you're going to be self-centered, like at least be like fruitful, like have some positive changes with it or something. So yeah, so I'm just this is just me saying I gotta I gotta work on the sort of like feelings of being beholden and you know, and it also really it's really also like something I've talked about too with with my relationship with my husband, like him as a sick person, like when he's really upset, which he has been lately, um because he's just been sick for a long I mean he's been up and down for a long, long time, but like like, we're talking, like, you know, many, 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 many years. But, like, since he did this immunoglobulin, which, like, triggered a really bad relapse last, I guess, December, it's like he hasn't fully come out of it. And I think he's really scared. He's, like, he he's not going to get his brain back. So, it's, like, every time he sits down to, like, I mean, he's still reading a lot. But, like, every time he sits down to, like, edit something or, you know, to write something, like, he's scared that, um, 
like this is it like it's so much pressure it's almost like it would be like if somebody had like erectile dysfunction and every time they had sex they were like okay is it gonna work like that's sort of the pressure about around his brain because it's neuroimmune so he has like this heavy brain fog um but so like yesterday he was really depressed and and um you know I, I I still I still like I make it so about me like when he's upset I'm like like I need to be able to fix it I need to be able to solve it like I've done something wrong like I'm like oh like I'm I'm like because I guess I just defer I just like immediately go to guilt and shame in my like that's the natural maybe not natural but that's my like default so I sort of go to that and then like you know, but I, I was like trying to remind myself because it's like, I, I, you know, this has been, this is not new, you know, because I'm just like, why do I get so scared when he's not okay? And sometimes it is scary. I mean, you know, like he'll talk about like, obviously whatever. I don't want to get too much into it, but like, you know, I mean, he's not, you know, whatever, like Dr. from Kevorkian related type Dr. Kevorkian, may he rest in peace. You know, that that sort of stuff. And, like, of course that's scary. But, like, um, you know, it's, like, I don't know. Like, it's still not, like, I just feel like it's, it, it's like, my immediate response is, like, fear and guilt. Um, and I would imagine, you know, I would think, like, oh, maybe that's in some way appropriate. Like, maybe I'm not. But, no, like, because that's my response to everything. Fear and guilt are my response to everything. You know, the moment I get a text message. Also, it's like a group text. When I write on a group text, I feel like fear and guilt. Like, oh, or shame. Like, oh, that was stupid. And when I don't respond to a group text, I feel, feel fear and guilt. It's like, oh, that was, you, you, like, well, you're not, you're not a responder. You know? You're not a responder. I'm actually drinking water right now. I'm very thirsty. Can you believe it? Water by choice. It's like a hundred and thousand degrees here in California. Our power line melted. We lost our power for like two days, which was actually kind of cool. Like, um, it was right before the heat wave like peaked. So, you know, we we have air conditioning in one room, so we're all hot. We have like a wall, like a unit in one room, so we're like basically living in this one room. But this was before it got like before the heat went to like one hundred five, but. A, a line melted and so we didn't have power for like I guess two days and it was actually kind of nice because it was like I love fucking candles you know I'm a pyro and it was like we didn't get any we actually didn't get any phone service because our where we are like it's all based on the internet and so and there was no internet so it was like you know I, when I was out in my car or whatever I could get internet but like being in the house there was like such a wisdom of no escape vibe like it was just like well like can't like there was so many things that like so many distractions that were just like um not available um so it was like kind of nice I was like oh yeah like living in a like 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 living on the planet like not always so bad you know like oh like I exist and like sometimes it's okay, you know, rather than like racing away from my existence onto the internet and like, like I was like, oh, like, okay, like this is what I, like I had forgotten 
what like sort of to exist without being disembodied feels like and like I was like oh sometimes it's like nice like when there's like a candle you know like I had forgotten but um yeah so I don't know I just you know it's like emotional overwhelm I also think everyone is just like like everyone is crazy right now um and so um and I'm allowed to say crazy I'm grandfathered in because I have mental illness but I'm not talking about them being mental ill I just think everyone's like a little like batty you know um right now and so I don't know it's just like a lot um somebody wrote in and asked can you tell how excited I am to this shot I'm like okay are we at a I'm like are we at a point yet where this is enough talking um somebody wrote in and asked um okay they said big fan from all the way from western australia was wondering if a topic for the shot could be about fixation on high school wanting to go back and reconnect with characters from that time and how the first part of life seems the longest and more more significance seems to be attributed to events and people from that time um like i guess why well um you know when you're that age um you've been alive less so everything seems like more you know like a day is more of a percentage this is me giving like the my version of like the I'm like this is the this is the this is the time and space continuum version of an answer as opposed to like all I'm capable of which is like I was bullied and so like I still resent them and like want to like you know like sexed with the husband of like the woman who bullied me but um but no I just think like you know you haven't been alive as long so like everything is like a big chunk and like a bigger deal like you know, like, my cousin Sasha, shout out Sasha, it's, like, like, more happens to him, and, and, like, truly, though, also, actually, more is happening to him than is happening to me, um, but, like, yeah, like, more happens to him in, like, two days than happens to me in, like, two years, but I also think it's just because, like, you haven't been alive as long, so, like, everything has more significance, because it's, like, a bigger part of your life, like, now, like, I'm so fucking old, that I'm, like, oh, seen it, been there, you know, like, oh, like, it's, it's a, I still, it's funny, because I have a this too shall passness now, but, like, kind of not in a, like, helpful way as much, like, I'm still, you know, I still get, like, anxious and feel like everything's, like, doomed, but, like, I'm, like, when it, when, but whenever anything's good, I'm, like, this too shall pass, um, so, yeah, I think it is, like, probably a question of percentages, I also think it's, like, I feel like I'm taking a very scientific approach of this. I was about to talk about, like, the brain. But, like, I do think, you know, it's, like, it's formative. And so it really, like, in in a lot of ways, I think, like, those younger years, like, do make, like, do define how we see ourselves and, and make us sort of who we, how we, like, react to the world in a lot of ways, you know? Like, would I have always walked around feeling like a loser inside if, like, you know, there hadn't been, like, the girls at camp who, like, kind of terrorized me with loserdom, like, probably, you know, probably, like, I, is my, is my perception of myself being a loser, like, no matter what happens and anything good that happens just kind of draining out, like, a sieve, 
is that is that nature or nurture? Like I'm gonna guess it's 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 some of both. You know, like everything. You know, um, but but I definitely like I probably think about like and I, I always still have dreams about like um, that those times in my life. Like I'm back in high school. All I'm always back in high school, and I've always like not figured out. It's sort of like a hybrid of high school and college, where it's like I haven't figured out like credits to graduate, but it's high school, so I'm gonna be like trapped for like another year, you know, it's always sort of that. So I guess it's just like that it's, and it does have such gravitas, you know, and it does like, I do have, um, like some, I don't have nostalgia for being young because I, I really, um, you know, your life is just so not your own. Oh, that's another thing. Like truly when you're in high school, like how many fucking activities you have to do in a day? There's like, what, like seven classes a day and then you have to like, like do homework, like, oh, do homework and then like, what else do you do in high school? You like, like maybe the the sports, fucking sport, like the play. I always have dreams that like, I don't have my lines memorized, like I'm not off book. Um, that's like a big one. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know all those reasons I think are why high school or like that you know youth remains sort of like significant to us you know like I'm definitely still trying to prove much more like I definitely still care much more about like what people I hooked up with in like high school college or like people I was obsessed with who like didn't love me like in high school college-ish think then like I've sort of let go of like the ones from when I was older you know like I just don't like I'm sort of I mean I think I've I I probably could let go of like being excited that like someone who was like a cunt to me like knows that you know I got published or whatever like I think I could let go of that but then it's like well then what do you do like then it's just like really operating in a vacuum like I remember when I like stopped um, when my marriage became closed again and I like, you know, I still have crushes, but it's like, there wasn't like, it wasn't like an, there was no longer like an active flirtation or whatever. I was like, what's the point of achieving anything if it, it like, I can't, this was like a couple this was like five years ago, I guess. So I was still like doing Facebook and I was like, what's the point of like anything happened? Like if it, you know, if an accomplishment falls in a forest and like this dude who I like have been wanting to hook up with like isn't there to like heart it like does it exist you know and in a way like I think in high school and when we're young like everything is imbued with so much meaning you know like everything means so much more because again like it is such a bigger part of the amount of time we've been alive everything feels so significant and new and in a way, I think that meaning can dissipate, like, you know, the meaning, the meaning dissipates. Um, and Lord knows, Lord knows I'm here uh, sitting in a Walgreens parking lot, eating a Cheesecake Factory salad and talking about, you know, like the best thing that happened to me all year was the fucking looting of the Cheesecake Factory. Like, that's my highlight. Um, and so I think like, you know, we sort of 
those structures of meaning, like, of, like, things being important and significant, I guess we must cling to that in some way because otherwise it's, like, there's such a rudderlessness, you know? It's, like, that's the matrix we construct or that's the schema. Um, You know, like, if I'm not, like, if I don't still kind of care a little bit what, like, um, I'm going to make up a name because I don't want... Um, to say his name, if I don't still kind of care what, like, Scott Goldstein, who I, like, you know, made out with in seventh grade, like, in the, like, phone room at, like, Stephen Balin's Bar Mitzvah to, like, Unchained Melody and was, like, sort of, like, if I don't still care a tiny bit, like, like, it, like, it was exciting when he, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, faved something or when I, oh, when I saw he followed me on Instagram, I was like, oh, Well, that's, like, something to live for, you know? Even though, like, who is he now? I don't know. It's always such a gift, though. Um, It's always such a gift when, like, the person just... One nice thing about age is seeing, like, the people who are beautiful look like shit later. Like, it is nice. I hate to say it, but it's just, like, really nice. You know, it's kind of like a gift. You know, it's it's like when this guy I really liked was kind of an asshole, like just like went bald really young and I was just like this is like a fucking like this is like because we don't get to see I've been I've been reading a lot lately about um because I I have to write a pilot I have to write a milk fed pilot for um it got option which is exciting I'll talk more about that later but so I have to write a pilot so I'm like oh no I have to write a pilot um so I've been like reading this, um, I've been reading a lot of plays, and, like, I was also just, like, listening to this, uh, little thing about, um, premise, and, like, it was this old book from, like, the 1940s, I forget what it's called, it's by this guy Lagos Igri, um, I was just listening to this one section about premise, and, like, I always thought premise was about, like, a situation, but premise is actually, like, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, the premise of, um, you know, love, love is greater than death or like Macbeth, like unbridled ambition, you know, will always lead to destruction. It's like, which I actually, am not sure I a hundred percent agree that everything has to have a premise. Cause I like, I don't know. Like that seems sort of like everything has to have like a moral or I don't know. Like, I feel like the opposite, like, I feel like writing is about like suspending morality to some extent and like letting the characters like like, having compassion for the characters, or just, like, letting them be, and not, like, and letting people cast their own judgments, you know, but I get, I, but anyway, so I get the point of premise, so, wait, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, I guess it'll come back, I really don't, well, what the fuck was I talking about, why did I bring up the premise, the pilot, writing, like, reading plays, I don't know, I honestly have no fucking clue, Um, do you know? Hold on, let me pause and just try to think about it for a second. And if I can't think about it, um, we'll just, we'll end there. Un momento. Oh yeah, I remember what it was. Um, so, you know, regarding premises, like, I do think there are some premises we, um, like, believe in in life, right? Or it's like, I mean, I think that's why, like, people are so 
so like we keep people we keep finding reasons to, for like Trump to get his comeuppance. It's like Russia, and now it's not Russia. Okay, it's the post the post office. Okay, it's not the post office. Okay, it's you know it's like because it's like this. It's sort of it's very disturbing to that premise that like eventually like you know people get theirs. Um, so not to compare Trump to like you know people I hooked up with or like you know, got fingered by and then like never texted me and then like went bald early. But like, you know, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to say that it sort of feels like there's like, it's like, ah, like a little baby sense of justice in this world. So, um, whatever, I'm probably going to get canceled for that, but it's fine. You know what? It cancel me. Okay. Just no, don't cancel me don't cancel me but like I don't know I just you know right now I I I don't want to get canceled like as like in totality but like there's definitely like I just feel like with all the people texting me right now like it would be nice to just like kind of get canceled for a minute by like some of them like can I just like not exist for like a little while and then like go back to I don't know I guess that's like my always my dream is just to be able to vanish but like be in control of the vanishing you know Anyway, I also want to say I'm, like, really touched by those of you who um, ordered, pre-ordered MilkFed and sent emails. You've sent the nicest emails, and um, I just, it's really, I'm very grateful. I want to say thank you. Um, I'm not announcing a new winner this week because I'm doing every other week, but um, I will be picking a winner next week again via Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe. Um, and I'll be doing it up until pubs. So, um, if you pre-order the book, uh, send a screenshot to, or whatever, just like say you tell me you pre-ordered it or whatever to, um, eating alone in my car at gmail.com. And I will, um, I will do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And then whoever gets selected next week will, um, get the party package of the signed, a signed small box of cereal and a signed copy of the cool tie-dye UK edition of So Sad Today and a bunch of random shit from my house. Um, and then everyone who pre-orders and, and emails that link will get the link to the, um, the holiday spectacular episode, which I'm going to have to start figuring out now how the fuck I'm going to do it. Like, is it going to be a zoom Is it going to be like a video? Is it going to be Skype? I haven't decided yet. I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to exist. And I have a couple months to do it. So um, anyway, on that note, um, wishing you a week where if you want to vanish, you get to vanish. And if you don't want to vanish, people are texting you back. And um, that's all. I'll see you on the flip side. I'm going to go finish up this salad. Bye-bye.